I usually find it's people who are a few years in because when you first start, and I know I did this myself, I'm not sure if you did as well. You like just work yourself to the bone, but you're so deliriously happy that you can make a living with a camera that you don't care. So Mm -hmm. you are just kind of psychotic for the first few years and you have no boundaries and you'll say yes to everything. And then Mm -hmm. when your body tells you like, Hey, like I can't do this forever. It's always, I find there's a sweet spot that happened to me and that happens to a lot of people of where you just hit Mm -hmm. that wall and Mm -hmm. you just can't go on. So I think it happens more to like, as you're leaning into like being a seasoned artist versus new. You're listening to Floy Insider, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want a fresh perspective on business, communication, and art. Hi, Nicole. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. How are you doing this morning? How are we feeling? Really good. How about yourself? Mm, Well, it's not morning for me anymore. Um, I feel like slightly in an afternoon slump, <laughs> you know, those, like, yep. I'm really, really looking forward to get to know you more and hear more about you. I had a browse this morning on your website and on your Instagram and oh my God, woman, like your work is so stunning. I was actually telling oh. this to like before at floor, I was like, oh my God, her work is amazing. <laughs> it almost oh. makes me want to go back to weddings, almost. <laughs> but like, it's like not quite, but almost. <laughs> not quite, but you, it's just stunning. I have no words. Like it's beautiful. It's visually, aesthetically beautiful, but also has just so much feeling and and closeness. I absolutely, I'm absolutely in love. I'm a fan now. And I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much. That's, um, it's always a huge compliment when it's another artist or someone in the industry that, you know, loves on your work that way. So that's, uh, that's a huge compliment. I really appreciate it. So welcome. Um, for everyone that is listening and doesn't know who you are, I am, they have to, after this, after this conversation, guys, you have to go and follow Nicole. <laughs> like, you will regret it if you don't, but for everyone who doesn't know you, can you give us a little background story? Where are you from? Who are you? What do you do? I mean, you're a photographer, obviously. Um, what led you to where you are today? Uh, Well, I'm a portrait and wedding photographer based out of Edmonton, Alberta. So that is in Canada for anyone not here. Because usually when I say Edmonton, people are like, where? (laughs) Um, I'm like, we're close to BC. And then they're like, okay. Um, Yeah, so I'm a portrait and wedding photographer. I've been shooting full time for almost nine years. And I work with an incredible hair and makeup team that uh, is usually joining me on most of my shoots and weddings. And we get to travel the world to document love stories. And yeah, I just became a mom at the height of the pandemic, which was also really fun. Congratulations, (laughs) though. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. And I'm married to my best friend. His name is John, Mm -hmm. and he's an artist himself. He's a tattoo artist. And we have been together. Um, We were just 
super, super young when we started dating. So we've been together for like 16 years. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious about this. I've, when I was a wedding photographer, obviously, um, I'm sure you have the same experience. I heard so many love stories, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people actually like started dating when they were 14, 15, um, mm -hmm. and then got married at 30, 35, still together. And I'm like, how do you do this? Because this is, there's a time in between, like between 14 and 35, like this is such a huge time of development of change. You yes. change so much. And obviously there is a chance that you change apart, you grow apart. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess in, in, in some ways it's down to luck as well. You know, you, you grow in the same direction, but also how do you, how do you stay together for so long when you start so young through all those changes? Yeah. I, I do think some of it is luck. Cause I do think um, John and I were fortunate that we grew together um, mm. and knowing, and I think it is tricky because we both started off as, Uh, like when we went to university, we went to university to become teachers. So something totally in a different realm of what we're both yeah. doing now. Yeah. yeah. And we, we took turns kind of supporting each other's creative endeavors, but I, I do think uh, we were fortunate that we grew as adults and as artists together and we're really supportive of one another. Um, and I think, I know it sounds like cliche to say, but marrying your best friend is always like the, the best way you can go because even though we spend so much time together, especially now with like pandemic, um, <laughs> when I'm not with him, I miss him and I want to hang out with him. So I think that's a huge uh, a testament to saying like marrying your best friend for sure. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That is really beautiful. And I guess, yes, it is to some extent, it is like a relationship, like with other friendships as well, where, with some people you stay together from a young age you stay friends and with yeah. others you just don't um because that's that's just life isn't it so yeah, just, yeah. A, a lot of it could be circumstance um opportunities mm -hmm. that come your way so I don't take for granted that we're lucky that um the chips fell in a way that supported us wanting to stay together for sure yeah yeah amazing I love that. I love, I love, I love love stories. I love love stories. I love. Me too. What, right? I mean, yeah, you're a wedding photographer and that's one thing yeah. I do miss a little bit. Um, hearing all these stories from clients. That's the thing I do miss a little bit about being a wedding photographer because you hear so many gorgeous stories. Um, yeah. It just makes your heart all warm and fuzzy. I love yeah. It. it doesn't matter if it's a, uh a small elopement to a big ballroom wedding to like anything. My favorite part of the day is kind of listening. I know it sounds so backwards, but like, because so many people dread speeches, but my favorite part of weddings is listening to speeches and listening to people recant all the reasons why they love on these people or telling these funny little stories of how they met. And I, I always think like, well, I can't believe, that I get a front row seat to watching complete strangers love stories. Like it's so mm -hmm. wild when you think about it that way. It is. It is a wild job in so it many is. ways. And yeah. I, I agree. My favorite part was also always the speeches. I loved. loved oh, interesting. Loved yeah. yeah. 
loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and also, if the couple made their own vows, that was also my favorite. Yeah, I love that too, um, for sure. Sorry if, I, if you mentioned that and I missed it. Did you go from graduation straight into wedding photography or did you do anything else in between? I had a brief stint with teaching and then I went into uh, not wedding photography right away. I went into um, actually events. My husband mm -hmm. at the time was also um, a freelance musician. So he was playing mm -hmm. with different artists and different festivals. And that's kind of how that happened for me. So I was shooting a lot of like big concerts and mm -hmm. events. And that led a little bit into like sports photography And every time that I would shoot all of these things, um, the critique yeah. I kept getting back from anyone who was hiring me was like, that's great. Like, I love this portrait work that you're showcasing, but like you have, yeah. if you're going to document the game, you have to document like the game. Cause I would, there would be like these athletes running around and I would be getting like focused on getting these really cool portraits of them, but like not focusing on the no. game at all. Right, or even right. just like different aspects of festivals. I was, I only cared about, documenting the portrait work so it was a, a quick realization that that arena wasn't really for me and then I switched mm -hmm. into couples and weddings and a little bit of family mm -hmm. work and that's kind of where like everything fell into place and I was like ah, okay I'm supposed to live in this specialty we are talking to you about burnout today And mm -hmm. I'm wondering, first of all, why this topic even matters to you or why it's important to you. I assume it's connected to your own story, but do you want to sure. tell us about that? Yeah, I think um, burnout is definitely connected to my own story, but um, I mentor a lot of other artists and mm -hmm. it's something that I see happening across the board. I think it's really difficult when you have a creative job that you really love to kind of turn it off, especially with photography. Um, even if you're a tattoo artist or anything where you can work a little bit at home, whether that's drawing or shooting or editing, anything like that, um, it's really hard to turn it off. And when you work for yourself, that's always when you work the hardest. Typically you work seven days a week. So mm -hmm. I think the, the lines get really Burnt, uh, blurred when it comes to a work-life balance even though that doesn't exist and people mm -hmm. are constantly searching for that and pushing themselves but also wanting to excel in their career mm -hmm. so I think because you don't have the restraints of perhaps a nine-to-five job um, burnout is something that happens to creatives very quickly mm -hmm. and usually mm -hmm. too late for them to notice it um, throw in if you have a family or if you have another part-time job, it makes it even that much more difficult. So bring the attention to the fact that um, you don't always need to be hustling and that self-care is so important and that downtime and allowing yourself to kind of regroup is actually so healthy for you, not only physically and mentally, but creatively as well, uh, is so important to kind of get that out there to the masses. I know if I'm stressed, if I'm burnt out, I'm not going to do my best work possible. Even though it feels like you're always working and you're achieving something, you're just not going to do it to the best of your capabilities if you're burnt out. How have you experienced that personally? Have you had like a major big 
burnout moments like some people mm-hmm. have or was it more like you know little moments like that um or were you just like close to one and how did you handle it uh definitely like I've experienced you know hints of burnout throughout my career uh definitely mm-hmm. uh, when I was I first found out I was pregnant obviously last year uh when I was in Italy and I was there mm-hmm. for an elopement and um that was kind of like the catalyst of um, my experiences of, you know, feeling ill with travel while I was trying to work and achieve it all. And I was pretty naive thinking I could still live up to so many different commitments with it. And last year in general, I think I was in like, you know, six different countries. I was all over the place. I was shooting, I would be, you know, shooting for so many days in a row, I'd fly home, sleep on the plane, go somewhere else. And to an outsider, they're like, wow, you have such a cool life. And that's so amazing and how fun. But uh, you're hurting inside and you mm-hmm. are not mm-hmm. truly absorbing the fact that you're like, wow, I'm in this amazing place. I'm doing this amazing job. Like you can't really take it in if you're burnt out and you're tired. Fast forward to having my baby. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie was born at the height of when COVID started. So in a silver lining kind of aspect, the whole world slowed down and kind of shut down when I needed it to as terrible as that is to say, um, it did allow me to like really stay home with her. But then as things started to pick up and all of my other work commitments started to pick up, I was trying to juggle being a new mom, not having a lot of help because of restrictions and all of that kind of stuff. And then I had become a Canon ambassador, which uh, a nod from a company and corporation like Canon is huge. And I was so honored, but it was this extra kind of weight and stress of having to live up to a certain expectation within my career. And when I started doing things for Canon and also my own work and then trying to manage being a mother, there were times that I was doing interviews like this and I was breastfeeding and trying to edit and um, I definitely hit a wall and had to actually like reach out to my doctor and say like I'm I'm like losing it I'm not sleeping I can't keep Mm -hmm. up in any area of life Mm -hmm. and um, I definitely had to like go to therapy to get help and to figure Mm -hmm. out how I could manage everything and and keep Mm -hmm. sane. And I wish mm-hmm. I didn't let it get to that point, but mm-hmm. I think it's really hard not to. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling today? Oh, so much better. I think um, I think when you have a family, or again, if you have a part-time job or anything that's not just solely your creative endeavor, you're juggling so many things and you're wearing so many hats. And um The biggest thing is recognizing when you're like, okay, like my cup is getting too full right now. I need to take a step back and I need to watch a bit of TV. I need to go for a run. I need to do something and like disconnect. Um, And don't get me wrong. There's times I still catch myself like scrolling or doing things that I'm like, okay, I just need to like shut this down. Um, uh, You know, I don't want creatives to hit a wall and to feel like they hit a breaking point in order to do that. Um, so I try to focus on when I talk to other artists and talk to other creatives that it's so important to 
build in those breaks. I'm a really big um, to-do list person. So even when I write out a to-do list of the day, I'll actually write out 20 minute walk or I'll write in shower, wash hair, do things like that. And it sounds funny, but it does really make it like I need to do this and check it off my list in order for me to be physically and mentally healthy so that I can do my job properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel you so much about what you said with the travel and like um, constantly being on the road. That's why I stopped doing destination weddings. Um, yeah. I stopped the year that I found myself crying in a bathroom airport <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and like completely out of breath and just crying and feeling like I don't want to get on that plane and feeling like yeah. my chest was like, closing in and I couldn't breathe um and I was like this is serious like I cannot do this anymore it's like destination work is no joke Mm -mm, absolutely yeah it's so hard and it's funny because it's obviously like a very glamorized aspect like you look very accomplished um Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you're doing destination work um and again I think it's that even that mentality of like always hustling and being busy and showing you're doing all these things is really um seen as um glamorous and mm-hmm. it, it really when you break down all the aspects of travel and destination there's there's moments of it for sure and you know the pretty photos that come from it mm-hmm. but there's so many if you think about like you know, the, the red eyes, those like sweaty bus trips, lugging luggage, like doing all that stuff, living in constant fear of like your equipment and what's happening. Um, there's, there's like, there's so much that goes into it. And then, um, if, if you're traveling as much as you or I have, then you're missing out on family and friends, birthdays and special occasions. And it's, um, it's a lot. And I think, um, I think so many creatives who are destination photographers go through that where they have to hit a wall and it has to be something that happens like crying in an airport, breaking down. For me, it was when I was pregnant and I, we joked about how many airports I threw up in because I was all of the mm-hmm. travel being like sick and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it de- I definitely, I, I will still take on travel weddings, but I'm very, very, very particular about what I would take on and how long I would be gone for now. Like I have very strong boundaries about it. Mm, And I guess boundaries are one of the things how to protect yourself from burning out. Uh, But what are, other than feeling like stressed and tired, what are, from your experience, other early signs of burnout? Like how can someone tell (laughs) they should really like take a break? Yeah. Um, what do you tell the photographers you talk to? Um, things that you would normally really enjoy within the career. If you find you're kind of quick to anger or it's more mm-hmm. frustrating to work on a project when normally you would enjoy that aspect, that's a quick realization. That's a good sign to know, right. hey, mm-hmm. maybe I need to take a step back. So I'm one of those people that I really enjoy retouching. I know it's not for everyone, but for me, it's kind of like, the signature on a painting, like I really enjoy it. So I know that I am getting burnt out. If I think I still have to edit this and this and this, and I got to work on this. If my mentality Mm -hmm. is even 
frustration towards that process, I know I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back and go do something and come back to it when I feel better. Um, so I think recognizing how you feel, or if like the thought of picking up your camera produces frustration for you, or if for some people they'll, if they have an outdoor session and they're like hoping that the weather is going to be bad. So it gets canceled. Like there's little signs that you're like, okay, I'm like, I need to take a break. Yeah. Oh, that, I know that feeling sometimes it's because you don't want to do that particular shoot as well. Totally. (laughs) Right. That particular. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not generally, but yeah, that is, those are really good points and something most people probably overlook or they think yeah. it's a sign of something else. Um, yeah. But not, of it's so easy book. to blame that on any other life aspect, but I always think if something you typically love is producing frustration there, you have to look at your life as a whole and think like, well, why is that happening? Mm, that's really good. And if, if, if you've now, like you haven't, you haven't seen it, you didn't see it coming. You didn't, you know, hit the brakes, you didn't get your little breaks during the day and you're hitting a massive wall and, and you are burned out. What are ways to overcome that? Like how, how can someone dig themselves out of that hole? Well, the good news is, is that there's lots of things you can do. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though it seems backwards, if you're feeling behind and you're feeling stressed out with the amount of work you have to do, I'll tell people Mm -hmm. like, take a break and go and watch like a favorite movie or like something that has nothing to do with photography or work or whatever, just a movie that's like, you know, for nostalgia reasons or anything, even if it's a cartoon, like Mm -hmm. tune out and go and watch something that allows you to escape for an hour to two hours. Uh, For others, that's, uh, you know, being physically active. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell people, I'm like, go work out, run, do anything. Getting outside is so healthy and so good for us. And it's a really great reset button. And then obviously reaching out to friends and family. I know it's a unique time. So even if that's a Zoom call or a phone call, anything that forces you to concentrate on not those things that are stressing you out. For me, uh, I find that music and film is like the easiest way for me to kind of like escape it do you think like sometimes like a complete break from work is needed like you really you just don't work for a while at all yeah uh what I've had to start doing um is to actually schedule in days off um Mm -hmm. and on my calendar to make me feel better I call them retouching days but really they're like days where it's like family days or um hanging out with friends doing anything even just a day of running errands and if a client tries to book that day I'll actually like oh I'm actually committed that day I'm so sorry like I don't have that open Mm -hmm. where before I would bend over backwards for a client and if they wanted particular dates I would move my entire schedule around and do whatever I could to to make that work um but then that again sets you up for failure because then you're going into it not at a hundred percent because you've had to move things around you're stressed maybe you're not sleeping well Mm. you're behind so Mm. all where I used to just completely fill my calendars in order to make people happy (laughs) I now schedule days off Mm -hmm. for myself which I think so many people don't do yeah 
it's interesting. I wonder if the creatives that come to you um, and that are experiencing signs of burnout or are burned out, if they are people who are like quite fresh in the industry or people that have been in it <laughs> longer, what would you say? It's always like, um, I usually find it's people who are a few years in because when you first start, and I know I did this myself, I'm not sure if you did as well. You like just work yourself to the bone, but you're so deliriously happy that you can make a living with a camera that you don't care. So mm -hmm. yeah. you are just kind of psychotic for the first few years and you have no boundaries and you'll say yes to everything. And then mm -hmm. when your body tells you like, Hey, like I can't do this forever. It's always, yeah. I find there's a sweet spot that happened to me and that happens to a lot of people of where you just hit mm -hmm. that wall and mm -hmm. you just can't go on. So I think it happens more to like, as you're leaning into like being a seasoned artist versus yeah. new yeah where you also have that um kind of that security in yourself and that confidence to then also say no to people yeah and also totally. say no to like opportunities because in the beginning you feel like you need every opportunity you need to yeah. you need every single job because you're trying to build you're trying to get your name out there and then once you've done it a few years you're like nah this isn't worth it yeah And you just, there is just something about like every year that you get older, um, you do become more confident and more, you know, self-aware of things that you need or that you want in life. And I don't want to spend my life only building memories for others. I need to build them for myself as well. And I need to build them for my family. And uh, as much as I love being there for others, I think there is a healthy balance of being able to do that but also still honoring that in your own life. Yeah. Amen. Can we, <laughs> can we just say this for all photographers listening? Yeah. Photography is such a funny job. I, I feel like because you are, and especially as a wedding photographer who like might be gone for a day or, or a few days in a row, you're immersed into someone else's life so much all every week you're in someone else's life uh, every week a new family every week a different couple and you you're creating these memories for them while you are missing out on so much back home that's happening uh, with your family with your friends with your community you it's kind of you are there for others but you're missing out on your own life. And I think photographers need to need to get their boundaries together to not forget that, that they also have a life yeah. to, to remember. Totally. Right. That is so yeah. important. And you don't want to realize that too late. Like, so it's yeah. better. I know it's hard, but it's better to set those boundaries mm -hmm. early on if you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hustle is good in the beginning and it's necessary, but don't allow yourself to hit that wall and then yeah. want to quit or find yourself in a bad position because of it. Yeah, absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I'd love to know like your your schedule or like a, a ideal schedule <laughs> um, to help you avoid burnout like I don't know if you would say that this will look different for people who are still in that hustling phase um and and how they can 
schedule in a way that protects them, uh, even mm-hmm. while they're hustling. Uh, and maybe it looks different for people who are more seasoned. What's what's your ideal schedule um, to avoid like hitting that wall? Um, I mean, with creatives, uh, an ideal schedule doesn't really <laughs> exist um, as much as you try. But uh, I, again, building in those like, um, I call them my retouching days, but really they're like me days. So they can be for retouching. They can be for getting groceries, do, taking a break, watching TV, doing anything. Um, scheduling days that you are adamant, that you're like, I don't like to work or like to see clients or do anything on Fridays or like mm-hmm. telling clients um, that you're fully booked for your weekends when maybe you just want to leave that open to yeah. your life kind of situation. There are some people that prefer not to have clients on certain days and to have them on others. And then I tell them like, okay, well design a schedule that way. So instead of going back and forth and saying mm-hmm. like, mm, I mean, I could take this and just work that Saturday if you're adamant that you want to block that off in your calendar, just block it off. If you think about it, people will take time off work to go to the dentist or to make a doctor's appointment, do whatever, where photography and art, it is a luxury. Um, it's not a necessity, but if somebody really wants to book you, like they'll, they'll work around your schedule to make it happen. Um, ultimately, right? Like uh, it, that is the case, but um I know for me to have a healthy schedule is that I have to have enough time for my like retouching days, enough time for family and friends um, and to factor in like eating and sleeping and all of those things and not book too many shoots. I find that if I book more than three shoots in a week and I have like multiple weeks like that, like that is just, it's not a healthy place for me to be. So even when it's tempting that you're like, I could take on this shoot and make that much more money or I could do that. Um, I'm pretty particular now that the session or the location or the couple has to really connect with me in order to take it on in the first place at all. Um, A prime example, um, I had like a slower shoot week a couple weeks ago and somebody wanted to hire for a birth announcement, like a pregnancy announcement. It's not something I typically shoot. Um, could I have done it? Yes. Was it something that was going to speak to me and make me really excited to create and, and do something for them? Not really. Um, I know I could do it. I could execute the job. I could do a good job and give them probably what they wanted to, but did it make me excited to pick up my camera, to leave my family, to built in not only that shooting time, but that retouching time Like you have to factor in so many of those things when you say yes to a job. So instead I referred it away and I mentally kept that like healthy creative space alive. So it's really hard to recognize those things when you're first new into it and making a schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, because when you're new, you want to get, you want to have everything. Right. like even if it doesn't make you super excited, but you're doing it for the money, you're doing it for yeah. the name, for the experience as well. Um, yeah. To learn for so many reasons, um, and and that makes sense. But I guess the key is to always have to work in those breaks in between all the time. Um, yeah. Have like so important. Yeah. 
versus working towards that one holiday a year or whatever. Yeah, like that is no way to live. No, Mm -mm. no, you get like you do this one time, you get this life one time. Like, I don't Mm want to spend it working and being away from loved ones the entire time. Like, and I love. Mm -hmm. I love my job. I feel so honored I, I get to do it, but I think you can have the best of both worlds and you get to experience that, but still have your own life. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful and so true. Uh, I'd love to know, because you mentioned it before um, on the side, what what role has therapy played into working through that and and and, and realizing like how to take care of yourself? Yeah. Um... I'm a huge fan of therapy. I think everybody could benefit from therapy. Um, I, I I was first really exposed to it um, when I was had a traumatic event for a work thing. Um, I was uh, shooting in Vegas when the the mass shooting happened, and um, that was my kind of my first experience with dealing with therapy. And Mm -hmm. it it saved me mentally and it kind of always stuck with me like, wow, like um, how powerful it was. So when I knew I was getting to a bad place mentally, again, I knew that I need to address this right away before I let it get bad. And a part of that was Mm -hmm. also postpartum, not sleeping with a baby and um, juggling so many things and wearing so many hats within my own business. So Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I think therapy can even be, it doesn't have to be necessarily talking to someone professionally, because I understand that's not always capable, that's not always a possibility for everyone. But Mm -hmm. doing things that are therapeutic in your life, which means like, communicating with friends and family when you need help, when you're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Um, The photography industry, in my opinion, or at least the part of it that I'm a part of is very supportive. Um, and it's filled with so many incredible human beings that even reaching out to different forums, um, Facebook groups, um, to people on Instagram and just say like, I'm struggling. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, is anyone else feeling this way? I guarantee you, you're going to be flooded with a ton of responses of people who are experiencing it as well. So Mm -hmm. therapy doesn't always have to be a professional resource. Um, it's great if you can make that happen even better, but just reaching out and communicating when you are overwhelmed, like don't bottle that up. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's also recognizing those early, just those little warning signs when you feel that, that sense of overwhelm and learning to listen to yourself and your body Mm -hmm. and then having the courage to reach out to someone, anyone really. Yeah. I really um, appreciate your honesty and openness and your wisdom sharing all that you've learned and um, that you've uh, battled as well. And I love when people are just honest um, on this journey because in the photography industry, there's there can be a lot of, uh, you know, just pretty images as well, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. This is such an important topic that I don't think is touched on enough. So um, I appreciate you addressing this in the first place. 
You're listening to Floy Insider, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want a fresh perspective on business, communication, and art.